You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Whole bunch to do on this Wednesday edition. How is everyone feeling on this Wednesday? I hope you're doing well. Plenty to keep us busy. You know the deal. One hour, we run through it all. Take you up till 6 o'clock. So, of course, let's get started, right? The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is uh, up for this Wednesday. It's running. We will touch on that in a little bit. Today is Wednesday, so, of course, that always means uh, headlines. Florida man, he is off and running. Maybe the best sign that life is returning to some form of normalcy is that Florida man is back to acting uh, completely out of his ever-loving mind. So uh, we'll touch on that today. But let's start with the baseball. Because the baseball players and owners worked out the health and safety protocols yesterday, agreed to them. That was the final hurdle, of course, to uh, having a season. And, you know, i got to be honest. A lot of you get treated like the rubes that you are. Because as soon as that work got worked out, you see plenty of people on Twitter immediately jumping into excitement. Immediately, yeah, baseball, baba. I mean, you wonder why sports leagues think of you as dopes. You had three months of the two sides trying to strangle each other at every turn for an extra nickel. Every single day, it seemed like there was another story about the, the two sides embarrassing themselves. And you can go with whoever embarrassed themselves. Well, I don't care. Not taking anything into account other than their own greed. So they finally reach. I'm not even going to say an agreement because it's not like they worked out a deal. It's just that the players are just going to accept what the, the owners put out there, whatever you want to call it. And people are like, yeah, all right, baseball's back. I mean, how much of a rube are you? I'm not saying that I won't get there, that when the season starts, I won't be excited for it. But it's going to take a little bit of time. It's like you get out of a, a of a loveless marriage and you go through the whole thing, the, the living with the person, the, 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 the breakdown, the long divorce process, and as soon as it's over, this War of the Roses is finally over. It's like people, who's ready to love again? Give me a, give me a, a minute, all right? Give me a little breath before I, I jump into it, all right? Opening day is going to be either July 23rd or 24th. Players will head to camp in the next week. The uh, safety uh, protocols will address everything from travel to social distancing. There'll be a ban on spitting. Teams will play their four divisional opponents ten times, each of their five interleague opponents in the same geographical area, four games apiece. The National League will have the designated hitter, which you'd have to think now that's going to just be a part of life in baseball, even when we have a normal season, whatever that might be. This is not going to be it, obviously, but you would think now that they have finally gotten that in, that that will be something that will just stay in. I mean, how stupid. Although, if there is a sport that could finally fix something that needed to be fixed for like 30 years, and then they fix it, and then they go back in a couple of years and say, no, we're going to go back to the old system, it would be baseball. But I would think that now that the designated hitter is in, 
in the National League that uh, that that will just be life as normal. The one thing that I saw that uh, I absolutely hate, extra innings teams are going to now have a runner on second base. Now that's a thing uh, because they don't want these games to go 15 innings because there's such a slew of games going 15 innings. And nine innings, basically every single day, fine. No problems there. But if you play 11 innings once in a while, well, the safety, the the health of the players, you don't want them to get run down. Nine innings, completely fine. 60 games in 66 days, perfectly fine. But, uh, you know, in the 10th inning, let's uh, put a runner on second base because we don't want the game to go 12 innings. We want to change the – why don't we just go home run derby? The trade deadline – I digress. The trade deadline will be August 31st. Rosters will start at 30 guys for the first two weeks, then go to 28 for the next two weeks. And teams will have a taxi squad that allows them to have as many as 60 players available to play in the major leagues. Players are going to be tested every other day, even if they're not showing any symptoms at all. That's according to the health and safety protocol. And there are going to be players. Look, I mean, it's very simple. You saw the story yesterday about, I think it was three Rockies players, including Charlie Blackman, tested positive. So the question is, can you put plans in place? I don't think that it's whether or not players are going to test positive. Clearly, they are going to test positive. It's whether or not you can put plans in place where this does not overwhelm a team. And, you know, I'll be honest, it feels like sometimes I kind of go back and forth. I'm like, you know, there has to be a way that they can do this safely. And, you know, other leagues are moving forward. The NBA is moving forward. The NFL certainly seems like that when time has come, they're going to move forward despite not having real certainty right now of what the situation is going to look like. So there has to be a way that baseball will be able to move forward. And then you see the story, and I think it was uh, on The Athletic that I saw it, about the Phillies had an outbreak. And you see all the different things that they put in place, and it still happened. So they have this training complex that when the shutdown happened – they put a system in place where, obviously, the, the amount of people that were in the facility was pretty limited, uh, the people that still use the building. So ordinarily, they have a system set up where there's a security guard. He sees, you know, whoever's driving up. In normal circumstances, he gives them, the you know, the wave ahead if it's a player, a coach, whoever. Uh, but they use that station with so few people coming into the building as a uh, temperature check station. Outside the building, not inside the building, outside the building, right? Like when you first pull up. So when people passed that and they were okay in terms of their temperature, they had to sign in, sanitize their hands, even before they entered the building. They put other things in place where the, they, any workouts that were scheduled were staggered so there weren't too many people at one time. They limited the amount of people inside the building. When you were inside the building, people pretty much all had to wear masks. When you left the building, you had to sanitize your hands again. So like anything and everything they could possibly do, they put in place. And again, keep in mind, limited amount of people who were still using the building. And still, five players and three staff members tested positive. So we're going to see. I mean, I think that you're now, as players show up, you're going to see players, obviously. I mean, it would just it would defy common sense to not have... Players test positive, staff members test positive, and it's just a question of whether or not it overwhelms a team 
or overwhelmed so that things have to be shut down because they don't really have that luxury if they want to play a season. Today is June 24th, as I mentioned, so today is the day the NBA players have to tell their teams, I guess, if they uh, plan on being pl- part of the uh, restart in Orlando. You got the story yesterday, Avery Bradley of the Lakers has decided not to take part. Now, he has been part of the um, the players' contingent that has been at least voicing concerns about playing, taking away from the uh, social unrest aspect. And, you know, if you're playing games, are people going to forget about the uh, protests and uh, the social causes? Uh, that's not the reason, apparently, that he is uh, sitting out. He has a son, a young son, I think five or six years old, who has a history of uh, not being able to recover from, from respiratory illnesses. So uh, he would not have been cleared, apparently. I think it was Woj had the article that uh, he would not have been cleared, his the son, to enter the bubble. So uh, we'll see here in the next, you know, 24 hours or so if any other relatively high-profile players decide to sit out. And then I guess the other story from yesterday that you have to mention is the Bubba Wallace story. And this is one that, you know, we have not focused uh, the, the majority of our show on, but we've touched on it because it's been out there and it was um, it was something that was was everywhere. And we said, yes, you know, two days ago we were talking about it. Yesterday I said it seems weird that given everything that's in place, that there hasn't been somebody identified as as the person who put this noose in the stall of Bubba Wallace. And yesterday we got the news that the FBI has determined that Wallace was not the victim of a hate crime, that a pull rope, which was fashioned like a noose, has been on a garage door, the one in question, at Talladega since at least last October. Quote, the FBI reports concludes and photographic evidence confirms that the garage door pull rope fashioned like a noose has been positioned there since early as last fall. So uh, NASCAR stated that this is the best result. It does kind of – when you hear this kind of thing, right, it seems like puzzling. Like, I mean, how could this have gotten so out of control so fast? I mean, didn't anybody see – well, yeah, but the rope pulls down the door. I mean, again, I'm a NASCAR complete novice. I don't know nothing about nothing. But I would think that people, somebody would have said, well, yeah, but that just pulls down the door. But that, according, you know, apparently was not the case. And it appears, you know, this was some misunderstanding where NASCAR kind of maybe made things public before there was some sort of an investigation. And people will criticize them, I'm sure, for, well, you know, there was a simple explanation. But in the day and age that we live in, if they would have done something on their own, right, investigated on their own before making it public, somebody probably would have criticized them for not taking it seriously. So I just think it's the day and age that we live in, and and as I think I agree with NASCAR that this is the best result, right? Like the fact that there's not some secret person, some secret racist putting nooses in Bubba Wallace's um, race stall or whatever you want to call it. That is the best result that, the, that that that's not the case. Now, it would have been nice if it had not uh, blown up 
to the level that it did and got all the attention maybe that it did. Although, you know, to see the solidarity of the racers, uh, the drivers, the racers, I'm a NASCAR novice. Did I not say that? The racers, the people who drive the cars, uh, you know, to have that moment the other night, the other day was a, a, a strong moment to show that NASCAR does take these things seriously. So I guess that is the best result out of what could have been a, a or certainly looked like a far different situation just a couple of days ago. one eight hundred nine one nine espn one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six is the phone number. John is in Valley Stream. Not usually we don't usually get callers in the first segment, but John is there. So let's go to John. John, what's going on, my man? Hey, good morning, Gordon. I want to thank you for the last couple of months, man. I've been working every day and you guys your whole God bless you, my man. Uh, I just got a quick thought. You know, I'm a diehard sports fan, especially uh, baseball. And out of all the sports, and I don't want to sound, you know, grandiose, but that has personally offended me the most is baseball. Um, I just feel like they have absolutely no consideration or respect for the people who actually pay uh, these guys' salaries, like us, the fans that go and pay a $20 beer and whatnot. Now, I just wanted to get your take. You know, when this thing first went down in March, I was kind of like, okay, okay, they're going to get it together. But by now, I, like, I just, I, in my, you know, and I'm, I'm a sucker because as soon as the Yankees take the field, I'm going to watch the game regardless. Yeah. But, like, if they would have just turned around and, and axed the season this year, um, I would have felt so much better about it. And I just was wondering why that didn't happen. Is, that, is it? I, I, I understand the financial uh, reasons, but, like, if, if for the for the greater good, like if they just said, you know what, there's going to be no MLB this year. Like I would have felt much much more comfortable with it, I think, and much better. And I was just wondering to get your take, like why they didn't take that road. And I mean, I, and I think you hit on it, John. I think there's just too much, you know, there's just too much money to be lost. Uh, you know, even if it's a reduction, you know, if they usually bring in, I don't know what, like ten billion dollars. If they only bring in like four billion dollars this year, still four billion dollars, right? Uh, and um, I'm sure that uh, even when there's no games, baseball owners still have expenses to to put out there. So, and I'm sure for the players themselves, you know that there's a very small window to make the money that they're going to make. So, yeah, the the health concerns are a concern, but it's pretty clear if the health concerns were the only concerns, nobody would play this year. So, yeah, I think it I is just a financial like- thing. I don't. I, I would just love to know, like, they've, they've profited ever since the first pitch has been thrown. Like, to take a loss, you know what I mean? Like, to take a loss and not and, and just say, you know what, for, for for everybody's sake and for the respect of the game, instead of doing 48, 60 games, watching, you know, all of this, 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 and that, to just, like, accent. I, I just felt, would have felt, personally, and I'm not speaking for anybody, but as a diehard baseball fan, I just would have felt more comfortable and said, okay, We'll just scratch it next year is next year. And I, I just don't get how these billionaires can't look at that and say, you know what, I take a loss and, you know, we can recoup next year or the year after and, you know, and, and so on. Right. Well, John, and, and John, thanks for the call. Thanks all for what you guys do. Uh, you know, if you're out there and you've been out there for the last few months, you know, we changed the theme song as a little tip of the hat to you. Everybody who's kept the world running while we've all been, uh, you know, working from home from those of us who have. So uh, thanks to you and, and, and all the people that have done that. I, I think you, you kind of hit, you, you know, there's a reason why billionaires become billionaires, right? Like they don't just say, yeah, you know what, I'll just take the loss this time. Ah, you know what, shame on me. I, I, bet, I bought this team and uh, I'm going to lose a couple billion dollars this year, but it's for the best, uh, it's for the best for the game. 
at the end of the day, what, what this shows you, right? And, and you know this already. I think we all know this, but we, maybe we don't say it or we don't think about it as for, this is just business to them. That's all it is. They can talk about the love of the game and all that. It's nonsense. For the first three things is making money, making money, making money. And if there's a way to make money, even if it's not as much money as they ordinarily would, they're going to do it. So if it's, if it's expanded playoffs, it's not about what's best for the game. No, it's about what's best for their wallets. It's about a business. If it's putting advertisements on the jerseys, they're going to do it. If it's getting into to bed with businesses that maybe don't have the sport's best interest at heart, it's going to be whatever makes them the most money. That's what you see. So, yeah, is 60 games a representative baseball season? Of course not. But they're going to make more than on 60 games than they would on zero games. So that's why they're going to play 60. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. All right, coming up, we'll get more of your phone calls. Uh, I do have a couple more points on the uh, Jason Kidd Knicks interest. I don't think the Knicks are going to go down that road, but I, I have a couple points that I got to make up uh, a point out about uh, the poll question yesterday and all that stuff. Someone else wants to buy the Mets. And at this point, what's the longer list? People interested in buying the Mets or people the Knicks are going to interview for their job? And then, of course, we have our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, and it is about baseball. Well, not really about baseball, because I guess you could kind of transfer it to any other sport. But it is all this talk about the Mets being sold and, and who's the most high-profile group. Well, I think you'd have to say it's the group headed up by Alex Rodriguez. Every day there's another story in the paper about Alex Rodriguez, his group. They're adding this person. They're adding this person. Maybe they'll add Jason Kidd. Steal them away for the Knicks. No. But our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, how would you feel about Alex Rodriguez owning your favorite team? Gave you three options. A, love it. B, hate it. C, anyone but the Wilpons. But I did want to hit on a couple of stories that we've kind of touched on a little bit, but I wanted to get into a little bit more detail. Uh, and yesterday, the poll question, which was about Jason Kidd and the Knicks' interest in uh, interviewing Kidd and whether or not you'd have any interest in him being the head coach because of the idea floated by Newsday, I think, but uh, talking to people within the, the league that Kidd might be the key to landing Giannis Antetokounmpo when he becomes a free agent after, I think it's next season. And I think the Knicks, I, I, I would find it hard to believe that the Knicks will go down that road, although, in fairness, <laughs> there's no roads that are off limits with the Knicks sometimes. But yesterday's poll question, well, I do think it does show, and, and just it kind of confirms when I, I've talked to various Knicks fans that I know, Nick fans don't want to go down that road. That much I can say is pretty clear. And, you know, we got done with the show yesterday. And you just read things and people, well, you know, if it's any way of getting Giannis, you got to do it. Well, here's the thing. If Jason Kidd's relationship was this amazing relationship with Giannis, and I'm sure they, they got along or whatnot, but if it was this amazing thing where Giannis loves Jason Kidd and that's the key, well, then why didn't he get to keep his job in Milwaukee, right? You'd have to think. I'm not saying that he's the most powerful player uh, in terms of making moves in the front office. But you'd have to think that someone like Giannis, 
every team in the NBA based on how much that superstar affects and impacts winning, that person is always going to have a a pretty strong uh, line to making moves within the organization. And it's not like Jason Kidd did a horrendous job with Milwaukee. He was, you know, a little bit under 500. And the year he got fired, he I think he was exactly at 500. Let me see. Uh, tw- yeah, 23 and 22. So it wasn't like they were, were awful. But if this relationship was so great, don't you think that Giannis has the power to go to, to the front office and say, or ownership and say, no, I, I definitely, teams bend over backwards for stars. But here's the point. You don't hire a coach because maybe he'll get you a star. You wait until you get your star, and then if the superstar doesn't like the coach, just fire him, and then you bring in whoever he wants. After all, that's what the Nets did, right? All right, next up. The other point about it, and I thought uh, Frank Isola verified Nick Hader, but I thought he brought up a sensational point, I think it was yesterday, maybe it was the day before, on, pardon the interruption, he was filling in for Tony Kornheiser, and he said, you know, if the Bucks want to worry about Giannis and free agency, don't worry about the Knicks. Do you realize that in the NBA restart, you know how the, there's various teams staying at various hotels, like there's groupings based on your record? In the NBA restart, the Bucks are staying at the same hotel with the Lakers, LeBron, right? He's, he's, he's been known to chat people up. Masai Ujiri and the Raptors. The Clippers, Steve Ballmer, who can't contain his excitement on, on anything. You think when he sees Giannis, he's not going to say, well, you know, Clippers, blah, blah. And then Pat Riley in the heat. Pat Riley would have found a way into that hotel as a worker. He would have a mask on his face. Maybe he dyes the hair a little bit. Anything that he could do to get a, a, a line to Giannis when he becomes a free. That's right up Pat Riley's. That's right in his playbook. If I'm the Bucks, I say, you know what, wherever it is, the Destino, whatever it is, I say, you know what, we're staying at Fort Wilderness. Get me out in the sticks. We want no Wi-Fi, nothing else, anything we can do. So that's the Knicks story. Who are the Knicks going to hire? Apparently everyone. Who's interested in buying the Mets? Apparently everyone. There was a new report yesterday by Sportico David and Simon Rubin are now exploring a bid to buy the New York Mets. They are, uh, I guess, brothers who amassed a fortune in investing in real estate technology. If they're not brothers, boy, that would be a coincidence. Wait, my name's Ruben? Your name's Ruben? Wait, we should get together and make billions of dollars. So you have them. You have Steve Cohen, right? He still seems like he's lurking. You have A-Rod's group. You have the uh, Sixers and Devils uh, duo, Josh Harris. Is it David Blitzer? I think it's David Blitzer. So you have them. Again, I would just say, you know, these people all seem smart, but don't didn't they hear? You can't make money in baseball. It's not one of these profitable things that you can make a lot of money in baseball. It's it's a it's you're throwing money away. It's like throwing the money right in the fire. You can't really make a profit. It's very difficult. Talk to the Cardinals guy. Talk to the the guy who runs the Cubs. Yes, their their franchises have have doubled and tripled and quadrupled in in value. In a very short period of time, but it's not one of these profitable things. You have to, you ha- I mean, be smart. So it looks like you have about four or five groups. At least it might be 15 by the end of the day. And 
to me, I, I don't, I don't know, you know, Josh Harris and David Blitzer. They seem like they do a, a fine job you know, run, running the Sixers and maybe not the Devils lately, but you know, they seem like they're smart guys. And you have A Rod's group, you have Cone's group. I can understand Met fans being excited, and that kind of ties into the poll question for today, which is up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. It's about A Rod's group, and it seems like A Rod would be the point guy, and. It would be interesting to have A-Rod owning a team in the same division as Derek Jeter owning a team. And you'd have to think A-Rod's going to do a better job than – I mean, if the Marlins ever win, uh, that's that's going to be amazing. Uh, I, I'm not uh, – I don't think that that's around the corner. Let's put it that way. But for the Met fan who is just interested in anyone but the Wilpons, I get that. And that, if I had a vote in today's poll question about A-Rod owning the Mets – that would be my vote, anybody but the Wilpons, because it certainly seems like financially they just don't have the, the wherewithal to to own the team properly uh, and invest in the team properly. So, yeah, I get anybody but the Wilpons. I would just say this. The first problem remains to me the problem. Until you find out that the Wilpons are selling the team and won't have any control whatsoever. It feels like we've been down this road before. And I get that there's a lot of people interested. Steve Cohn was interested. Looked like he had a deal. Man, do you think the Met, do you think the Wilpons wish they could go back and take that deal now? Because it doesn't seem like they're going to get $2.6 billion again. Uh, but the Wilpons, it seems like, are not going to sell to anyone who won't let them stay in power. And anyone smart enough to take over the team it seems like would never agree to such a deal. So until that part of it is removed, it's kind of, I would think, yeah, you get excited by the thought of someone else owning the team and coming in and having the money to actually operate the team properly and and not being constantly, it seems like, run like the Kansas City Royals when you're you're operating New York City and you have your own sports network. But it's hard for me to believe because we've seen this time and time again. It seems like whenever they do announce something in terms of ownership, it's not going to be here's the Mets, here's SNY, we're selling it to this person. It's this person's investing in us and the Mets are still going to operate control or still maintain control for this period of time or that period of time. And that's not a good situation. That's not that that, that that's the type of situation where you think you're getting one thing and you get another as a fan, and then you're disappointed at the end of the day. Now show me sand the floor. How did you do that? Shut up! Sand the floor. Please stand up. Show me sand the floor. Alright, so Karate Kid released uh, this week, 1984. Never really one of my uh, favorite. I mean, when it comes to sports movies, the key is always coming up with the ending to me 
that is something unexpected, right? You didn't see that coming from a mile away, but it's something that's different than every other sports movie, right? It's not just the, you know, like the, the thing about Rocky one, which made it interesting was his goal was not necessarily to win, but to go the distance, right? It was something different. Karate Kid has probably the most nonsensical ending of any sports movie. A, as been pointed out at no, I mean, you probably didn't think about it at the time. How could the, the Johnny not see the kick coming from a mile away? The guy standing on one leg. What did you think was going to happen? And secondly, and really more importantly, when the fights take place, they repeatedly say no striking in the face. I mean, the, the referee, the umpire, I don't know what you call it in, in that, uh, in karate, but how bad of a job did that umpire do? You, they just had a fight not that long ago. I'm not sure if it's the same ref or the umpire or whoever he is, but they took a point away from a guy for hitting somebody in the face. And then the big moment, I mean, that's a bigger blown call than the, the, uh, Armando Galarraga perfect game. It was clear as day. The guy struck him right in the face. It wasn't like, well, did he or did he? No, he's standing right there. Kick right to the face. That's not allowed. But this week, 1984 karate, your moment of inspiration for this Wednesday. And it is Wednesday. So, of course, that means time for everybody's favorite. They don't say it out loud, but secretly in places they don't talk about. Everyone's favorite headlines. Today's headlines. Extra, extra. All right, first headline, quote, why you can't sleep right now and tips to make things better. Is anyone questioning why they're having trouble sleeping? Have you seen the world broadly motioning to everything? Yeah, there's reasons why we can't sleep. And uh, I don't know, New York Post, if your list of things is not going to, I don't think it's going to fix anything. Next headline. Extra, extra. Drunk monkey gets life behind bars for attacking 250 humans. Life behind bars, so he's just going to live at a zoo, right? I mean, that's what a zoo is, your life behind bars. Turns out the monkey was an alcoholic, and um, the owner was trying to detox him. And apparently that did not go well. Uh, this is from the actual, I actually read this story. Anytime you get a drunk monkey, I feel like I'm a sucker for a drunk monkey story. Uh, the alcoholic animal belonged to an occultist whom local authorities believe uh, supplied the pet with a regular diet of hard liquor. And possibly monkey meat. When the owner was found dead, ooh, uh, didn't know that. Uh, they believe the ne- the neglected monkey, likely in the throes of withdrawal, took his aggression to the streets and began roaming the neighborhood and attacking people, particularly the faces of women and children. Well, look, as I said, we're all having trouble sleeping right now for a multitude of reasons. Chances are today. Even if it goes really, really bad, you are not going to have to worry about alcoholic monkeys attacking your face, right? Rampaging alcoholic monkeys attacking your face after eating monkey meat. That's not on the list of possibilities. So look on the bright side. Next story. Extra, extra. Man allegedly caught at airport with cocaine inside artificial penis. 
Well, you talk, yeah, you talk about jam-packed sentences. I think, I, I, I can't be sure, the New York Post has been operating, I'm sure, for over a 100 years. That has to be the only time those series of words have been used in that direct order. Right? And, and you just think about this story. Imagine you're the defense attorney. Yeah, we got a, a new client. He was caught at the airport with cocaine inside his artificial, you know, thing. I don't know how they caught. I'm guessing the dog let right. The dog lets you know right away. This guy's this guy's junk smells just like cocaine. <laughs> yeah, he's facing 36 months, and I think the only thing you can say about that is it blows. <laughs> uh, all right, CERN wants to build massive super collider to unlock secrets about the fabric of reality. As I point out all the time, I am not smart enough to tell you what that sentence even means. CERN. The, the alcoholic monkey, I'm your guy. Artificial wiener filled with cocaine, look for me. Woo! CERN building masters, massive super collider to unlock the secrets about the fabric of re- I don't even know what the hell that means. Extra, extra. But I would just say to the people of CERN, not this year. Put that one off. Put it off until 2021. We do not need to be messing with the fabric of reality any more than the fabric of reality has already been messed with. 2022, put it off till then. Do something else. I don't know what you do, but don't build any super colliders that are unlocking secrets about anything. Never mind the fabric of reality. Next story. Extra, extra. Kristen Cavalieri irks Jay Cutler fans with Father's Day post. Jay Cutler has fans? Who are these people? They're not bare. I mean, who would they, who would the, when you say Jay Cutler fans, who are these people fan? What team are they fans of? <laughs> can't be Denver. Can't be Chicago. Can't be Miami. Who are these people? Uh, next story. Extra, extra. Quarantine is helping George R.R. R. Martin finish Winds of Windsor. Well, as I point out all the time, if this guy didn't write books, that would just be creepy George at work, right? George Martin. Would be his name, George R. R. Martin. All right. uh, and as I've pointed out before, if you, if you have a long-standing project that you have not accomplished and you're not doing it now, you will never do it. So just cross it off your list. So in terms of the winds of winter, if George R. R. Martin does not come out of this thing with a new book, he's never going to write another book in the history of his life. All right, this week in Florida, man, because we're running a little long. This week in Florida, man. Florida man fights to enter Walmart without a mask. Extra, extra. Florida man arrested after drug sweep discovers seven different illicit drugs. Extra, extra. Florida man with machete face tattoo arrested in machete attack. Extra, Didn't see that one extra. Florida man, uh, uh, excuse me, huge dead iguana found in freezer of gross Florida pizzeria. Extra, extra. It can't be any worse than pineapple on a pizza. So, and and look, Florida pizza, it's not good pizza. Like once you get out of the tri-state area, you don't get good pizza. Um, but and then finally, probably the uh, most uh, Florida man story that we've had: uh, Florida man carrying 500 grams of weed arrested after trying to steal plane to visit his girlfriend. Extra, extra. All right, it's going to do it for headlines for today. So I'm sitting here in the break, and um, 
I see trending topics on Twitter, and against my better judgment, I see that Schilling, Kurt Schilling, is trending. So I click on to see what it is. I don't even know what it is. Is it possible I've been blocked by Kurt Schilling and I didn't know it? Is that possible? I have to I have to do more research on this because I keep trying to see where his account is, and uh, I can't seem to. So unless he has either been uh, knocked off Twitter, I'll have to look after the show. But um, is it possible I've been I, I've been a big uh, in terms of his? I don't care about his political views, and I don't really touch on his p- political views. That's not really what I do on my show. But in terms of him being in the Hall of Fame, I've stated how he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Is it possible I've been blocked by him? I, I, that would actually be uh, – <laughs> actually, I think that would actually be kind of cool that I've actually uh, been blocked by some – the only other person I think I've ever been blocked before by is Indomitian Sue, which also came as a great shock to me. I think it had – and I was like, ah, why would I have ever been blocked by him? I'm, I'm the you know one-hour guy, 5 o'clock. How would he even know that I exist? People at the station don't even know I exist, never mind Indomitian Sue. And then I found a tweet where I said something about him stepping on people's heads. I think that might have done it. I'm not, I'm not positive, but I think that might have done it. If you're just waking up, just getting rolling on this um, Wednesday, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Our poll question, which is up for today, we do that every day, uh, on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. How would you feel about A-Rod owning your favorite team? And at least so far, we gave you three options, love it, hate it, anyone but the Wilpons. And I, I put it up there. I'm assuming that it was going to be anybody but the Wilpons. We'll see if it's an overwhelming uh, thing. I, I don't know. Um, I get why anyone but the Wilpons would be first and foremost. And as I said before, that would be my vote as well. For the people who are saying love it, I guess there's a portion of them that also feel that anybody but the Wilpons, but maybe they were a little, you know, uh, wrap it on the on the button and they hit it before they saw the third option. It is kind of weird, though, right? Like A-Rod owning – I mean, he received one of the longest suspensions – in the history, I would think it's probably the longest suspension, right? Like uh, Joe Jackson and the, and the Black Sox, they were were banned from the sport. wasn't necessarily a suspension. So other people have been banned clearly for longer, but he received the longest suspension in the history of the sport. Cost him an entire season. Cost him probably like thirty million dollars. And I get that he's, he's he's done an amazing job rehabbing his image and all these kind of things. But boy, oh boy, that would be the, the greatest turnaround in the history of sports to be banned by the sport. And then not only getting back in, not only being a broadcaster on a national level for the sport, but then also owning a team, being allowed in the club Boy, that's really uh, kind of hard to envision. And look, he's got a lot of uh, powerful people, a lot of um, you know billionaires behind him, and it certainly seems like his group is the highest profile group. If I were a Met fan, just uh, not knowing that much about all the other groups, I don't know. Part of me uh, it would be soured by it because, to me, A Rod is all about being famous, and that that's his that's how he operates. And there are people like that. Uh, in this business, not to the level of A-Rod, but people that you just come in contact with, that all they have, all they care about is being famous. And if you can't help them become more famous, they have no interest in you as a person. They just, all they care about um, 
All they care about is just the fame aspect. So anything they can do to increase their visibility, to have more people interested in them, that's their – I don't know that necessarily operating the team as well as it could be operated is really the, the most important thing. It's about ego. And so uh, I, if I were me, myself, I think that I would feel more comfortable as a Met fan having somebody a little bit less high profile that would just put the best people in place – and operate the team as best they could. Oh, Cameron in Jersey says Kurt Schilling got clicked off Twitter. All right, that's maybe why. Here's Cameron. Cameron, what's going on, my man? How's it going, man? I just I was curious to see what happened to him because uh, you know I was I was curious to see what happened, and, and then you know I looked him up on Twitter, and his account just doesn't exist anymore. He's just off the face of, of the planet, I guess. Okay, well that would make more sense than him um, him, uh, him him blocking. blocking me. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, sometimes there's trending topics on Twitter that you don't know why they're trending, and then you click on them, and you're even more confused uh, the, before you clicked on them. So, um, yeah, I didn't know if I if I had been blocked. It seems like if you put somebody's name in, it would tell you that you're blocked. But I don't know if that's always the case. I haven't been blocked by that many people, and obviously, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the ones I've been blocked by. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe after the show we'll get some. uh, I I think I can I can kind of guess the area of why Kurt Schilling might have been uh, banned on Twitter, but uh, I don't don't know as of yet. All right, Cameron. All right, man. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. I don't know. That does not uh, go for Indomit and Sue. It almost would be good if you. uh, There probably has to be a place that you can go and uh, find out. Who's blocked you and who has it? Oh, okay. See, I clicked on uh, the link to uh, – all right. Yeah, he has been banned uh, apparently or knocked off or maybe deleted his account. I'm not exactly sure. We'll find out as the day goes along. Uh, but in terms of the headlines, we have the poll question. That's up for you. Baseball coming to uh, terms with the, the health and safety protocols yesterday. And uh, so it looks like there's going to be a season. Details are from uh, Jeff Pass. It looks like the season will start 23rd or 24th. Uh, all the different rule changes that will be in place. National League's going to use the designated hitter. That only makes sense. It's about time. It's about 30 years too late. You shouldn't have a sport where one league is operating with one set of rules and another is operating with a different set of rules. So you would think, now that they've gotten that in, it will just be a part of life. Hopefully that's not the, the case with the extra innings rule, because for this year, because of the pandemic, although it just seems like this is something baseball has wanted to try for a while, and they're just using that as an excuse, in extra innings, teams will begin extra innings with a runner on second base. So that's now a thing, and to me it's just wacky, because you're okay playing 60 games in 66 days, you're okay playing the first nine innings, that's fine. But that 10th inning, oh, we got to get these games wrapped up. I mean, why don't we just go with the time limit? And then the game just ends in a time. I mean, talk about stupid. Uh, but that's going to be a thing for this year. Also, the trade deadline will be August 31st, less than a month before the regular season is uh, scheduled to end. So baseball looks like uh, they're on their way. I found it odd yesterday that as many people that I saw were like, well, baseball's back, and they were all excited. It's like getting out of a divorce, you know, finally getting divorced from your spouse who you've been living with for forever. And you've gone through the whole process. You've gone through a bitter, brutal divorce and getting done with that, signing all the papers and say, I'm ready to love again. You know, I, I just I need a little time. 
I need a little time before the excitement level. And I'm sure that as we get closer to July 23rd or 24th, I'll actually think about the games and I'll actually think about my team and I'll think about all those things and, and sports being back and that helping us kind of return to some level of normalcy. But uh, I'm not there yet. And if you wonder why leagues and teams look at you as rubes, for the people who all kind of agonized with baseball embarrassing themselves on a day-in, day-out basis, and then as soon as they come up with a deal, you're saying, well, I'm ready for opening day. Well, that's why they look at you at ru- as rubes. That's why they look at you as dopes, because the way you act. you should At this point, you should be a little bitter still. You can. There's time for bitterness. Bitterness is underrated. You should be bitter at this point. Now, I'm not saying you have to be bitter forever. That's not a way to go through life. But at this point, yeah, you should have a little bit of, yeah, wake me in, in a couple of weeks or wake me when the season starts or wake me once the season is already underway. Uh, today is June 24th, so today is the day that players in the NBA with their restart have to inform their teams of whether or not they plan to be part of that restart. Uh, Avery Bradley is one who will not be part of it. I'm interested to see in the next day uh, or so if we get any other reports of other players who are going to sit it out. I would find it to be unlikely that there would, but you would have to assume that there's going to be at least some. There's going to be at least some who are going to sit it out. And then you have the Bubba Wallace story from yesterday, the FBI determining that um, that Wallace was not the victim of a hate crime, that the pull rope fashioned like a noose uh, had been on that garage door at Talladega since at least early October, since last fall. So NASCAR stated this is actually the best result. Uh, it does. I can understand how there would be a section of people who are saying, well, how how did nobody realize that the, the rope pulls down the door? Um, well, look, I think that it's good that when you bring something to somebody's attention like this, they in this day and age, you can't just brush it aside. And while people will say, you know, this was just some sort of misunderstanding, NASCAR jumped uh, to conclusions and and made something public before investigating. Well, you can't just not jump to those conclusions because then they would have been criticized for not taking it seriously. So it's kind of a catch-22. I think that they, they handled it the best way that they possibly could have given the situation and given the, the seriousness of it. And they'll be criticized by some who would probably have criticized them anyway. Uh, but they had to handle it the way they did and – it is the best kind of result, right? It's it's better that there's not some sort of secret racist hiding behind the scenes that it was just a – there was a simple explanation for it. All right, let's squeeze in a couple more calls. Spike in Jersey. Spike, go, my friend. Hey, good morning, my friend. Uh, I have a, an idea for baseball. You say after the uh, ninth inning, if it's tied, you put a man on second. So after the tenth, if it's still tied, put a man on third and then go to the dunk tank. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does kind of. I mean, it just seems. It almost seems like the NBA stuff, where you're you're allowed to play games, you're allowed to bump up against each other, but you can't play doubles ping pong. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. there's reasonable things that you can put in place, and it just seems like this one is is going to a bit of an extreme. Yeah, listen, because I, I, baseball I, wanted to put this in anyway. I don't know what they want to do, but I think the the big thing is I'm happy we're going to see some games. How long they'll last remains to be seen. I was just uh, uh, I couldn't believe they're going to play in each home park because certain segments of the country are getting whacked again. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's going to Spike, be. Spike, well, you know what? We got to get going, buddy. Go. We're out of time. That's going to do it for today. Uh, sorry about that. We got to cut you short, but uh, we'll be back tomorrow starting at 5 a.m. Please vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Gordon Damer. We'll be back tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York.
This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.